Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You got birds on that corner camera, all right? Not anymore. No? This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just meat in the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. gonna wait for greg to introduce us today you want me to introduce <laughs> us today that's mm-hmm. bad maybe you guys can flip a coin who is your daddy and what does he do <laughs> i don't want to do it why not i should have warned you guys welcome back to the OKS hunter podcast where we do a great job <laughs> of making this a shittier show than what it has to be <laughs> exactly what i was going for <laughs> just teeing up turds just Go for that volley. What is that? A piece of poop? <laughs> what kind of volleyball is this? No matter what you do, no matter how hard you polish the turd, it's still a piece of shit. What kind of podcast are we listening to here? Well, if you thought last week was bad, tune uh, into this week's tune show. Tune into this week's show. Tune in next week as we get worse. <laughs> no, hey, welcome to the OK Center podcast. Yeah, there you go. We are brought to you by Half Rack, half-rack.com. Use code OHP, 15% off. We're going to be doing a giveaway with those guys in like the next two weeks. Keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a collective or combined effort. So there'll be some OKS Hunter stuff and some uh, Half Rack stuff. So stay tuned. I don't even know what we're going to do for that as far as like the, uh, uh, what's it called? Accoutrement? No, that's not the word I was looking for. Uh, like the parameters or the terms. It's probably like tag someone and follow both pages. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Tag 18 friends. See OKest <laughs> Hunter for details. Mm-hmm. I got to talk with those guys a little bit more to figure out what that's going to look like, but it seems pretty straightforward. I always hate the giveaways that I don't do a lot of these giveaway things. We do not do a lot of them. I hate it when it's like tag 18 friends, share this post, like that thing, go to this website, leave and, a review. And we're going like, to be watching for you to watch our video on YouTube. Jump Follow these burning. 18 pages yes. that are yeah. affiliates. Shoot, no. shoot your bow at a target <laughs> 200 yards away. And if you hit it, then you might be entered to win. Well, I think we just decided the framework for this giveaway. There it is. <laughs> there, it is. there it is. Make sure you do some jumping jacks in there, too. Okay. It's got to be enough. at least 100. Yeah. Uh, no, so those guys are good friends. We are planning a turkey hunt actively uh, with those guys. 
So we'll see where that ends up. Yeah, excited to get their gear in the field. On that. This is my first real opportunity to get their gear in the field. Like we didn't ink the deal with them until like sometime in January. So there's not been a lot of hunt opportunity yet. Uh, but I have like we've talked about the the hunter hangers. I've got those things in the studio all over the place. What did you just get sent to? What, did, what do you have? At your Damn it! I forgot our gunslings. Oh holy hell! <laughs> Okay, at least you're going to be borrowing my headsets. So. You're, you're going to be borrowing my gun anyway. Yeah, so it's fine. <laughs> so I used my half rack stool this past weekend. You did not for hunting or fishing. I was changing the brakes on my car. <laughs> it was yeah. like the perfect height. <laughs> <laughs> this is excellent. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, saved it's your, comfy. Saved your comfy. lower back some discomfort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Uh, we're also partnered up with Latitude Outdoors, so I think I mentioned like June-ish is when their carbon speed sticks are coming out. But of course, you can still out your outfit yourself with one of their saddle plat saddles uh, and platforms. So I know we're eager to get our hands on the platforms and the sticks, but we've been using the saddles for a couple hunting seasons now. Yeah. At least, right? Two? Yeah, two. You got their knee pads. And they just came out with a new series, a YouTube series, too. That's pretty educational. So check that out. Is that the, the Jake, Jake Bush? Bush? Mm -hmm. yeah. Jake Bush is all over that. The so. uh, In Sessions podcast? Yep. Pretty good stuff they had on uh, Greg Lutzinger for episode one, talking about the salt flats and yeah, and it's not really it's not a podcast, it's an actual informational video that they put on the YouTube channel. Oh well, they also have like a podcast version of it. So I know I was talking to Corey over there, and he's like, "Man, getting a podcast launch is a pain in the butt." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, I know all about that." <laughs> Those are pr two pretty darn in, uh, informational people right there i mean yeah. jake bush seems like a tactical phenom like he's mm -hmm. very like like you guys would be buddies well i mean he's like he's another level way way another level like at 514 i will be approaching the hilltop <laughs> and like he has it dialed yep and litzinger is just a beast yeah litzinger's awesome and he's also, he's also the kind of guy that will pick up the phone and talk to you in yeah. person he's like dude here's my number just call me let's I see talk him at about trade it. shows hanging out the latitude booth it's always yep. good to see him in person and catch up he's got a little one so we can jive on that whole thing uh yeah anyway so latitude outdoors code ohb i think it's latitudeoutdoors.com check those guys out and uh they're 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 doing a lot of great things. The video stuff they they got a, their own internal videographer and and they got like personalities. Uh, they got they're doing a lot of great stuff. Yes, they are. So uh, more than just product, I think it's a whole. They have a good community that they're building. Agreed. Spartan Forge, we we love ourselves some Spartan Forge. I listened to you on the East Meets West podcast with uh, Bo Martonic, and there's no shortage of any opportunity to talk about that app on that on that episode. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like talking about the lidar feature where you can strip away all of the like topographical imagery on uh, what you're looking at, so you're really just looking at those topo lines, and it's like a really clean, like a like a bare butt version. I still need to do that because like as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, it's actually probably a really <laughs> smart thing to do. Yeah. I should probably go do the lidar. Well, they have, they have the journaling stuff. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm not a big journaler. In any aspect of my life, I know a lot of hunters do have like journals that they write in. So having that journal feature that can like carry over the weather data for that day, pictures, anything you want to note for historical reference. I, if you're really trying to pattern out things, I just don't know how to compile all that data for oneself. It just feels like. I agree. I don't know. The guys that do it that have a lot of data, good for you because you probably can pull out some insights. For me, it'd be like painting on a really really big canvas and like well there's a red dot down there there's a blue one up there i don't, I don't really it's minimalism yeah like the two times i journal it's not gonna like be super valuable for me but if that's what you like to do they gotta 
they got a feature for that, and they're they're constantly putting out new stuff. I talked to Bill like a couple weeks ago. The amount of things on their product roadmap is like bewildering. I don't know how they're like I don't know how they do it, but they they make it seem easy. I know that's not the case. They just work really really hard. Um, but they listen to their customer feedback. I know you've been in a, a dev group with them, Greg, on some capacity, and it's like constantly getting feedback from people that are putting time in the field, and they're listening and applying things. And people will, even on our socials, like listeners of the show will say, hey, does does uh, Spartan Forge plug into the uh, like the Apple or the Android um, navigation system for my car so I can just go to a pin? Because that's been a pain point. And he's like, yeah, it's not a roadmap, man. I'm like, no shit. So, you know, and I know they'll get to it. They'll just knock it out at some point. Yeah, it's all stuff that they're working on and continue to improve with. Mm-hmm. We'll get a couple more. Method Archery, and I, I don't know, I've heard other podcasts, and they do, like, the, the baked ads where it's like, Method Archery, the custom-built archery shop. Custom-built to your specs and delivered to your doorstep. Go to methodarchery.com and order your arrows today. You done this before? <laughs> and I'm like, it's pretty good. I could, I could, we could just do that. I like, we could do that, but I enjoy talking about it because there's usually something relevant going on. They're at TAC. They're on TAC tour. Yeah, I don't know if that's what you want to call it, but TAC is all over the place. Total archery challenge. Isaac's got colossal. the camper hooked to the truck after he remodeled it and uh, going to TAC events. Yeah, and meanwhile the crew is back here doing their job, still like doing all the hardcore engineering on the stuff, making sure that the operations are running smooth, that they're getting arrows to people in a timely fashion. Like this is the time to get your arrows dealt with, I think. Yep. Like between now and what, August? Yep. And after that, it's cutting a little close. So if you want arrows built to your specs, custom built to your specs based on your bow specifications, your specifications, like it's a great solution, high quality arrows, uh, high quality broadheads. And good customer service. These guys take care of their people. So I would stand behind that statement. Yes. Yeah. And uh, go wild. Oh, yeah. I hate those guys. I'm kidding. Seriously, guys. I hate They're probably in the live feed right now. Fuck you, Eric. No, um, I've been posting quite a bit over there. on our. our we have an OKS Hunter page on the Go Wild app. I also have my own personal. I think all of us do. Mm-hmm. We do. And when you post, like... Make a post, outdoor podcast, anyone of the OKS Fisher, Up Duck, OKS Hunter. If you if you post those, you get like points. They actually that will still count as some activity you're doing. If you're out shed hunting and you log that as time, if you're out morel mushroom hunting or turkey hunting and you log that as time, and then if you actually get a turkey and you log a trophy, you get all these points, and then you can use that because they're in a commerce platform. You can, you know, go buy stuff. I would say you're better off shopping on Go Wild than you are like Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop or any big box store. They're 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 rivaling the the product count that those big like retailers have, but it's local guys in Kentucky. They're fulfilling the orders. They're sending stuff out. They're creating the the positive atmosphere on a social platform that doesn't exist. So like, if you're gonna buy something, if you're looking for something to buy, or if you're just trying to like you got money in your wallet that's burning a hole, go scroll, go wild for a little bit and check those guys out. Or go post some pictures <coughs> and log some time and, and then build earn some points, some points to, some to help you buy some stuff for right. sure. Yeah. So, all right, I'll stop talking about all the all the stuff. And maybe we'll do a, at some point, I'll, I'll make a button to put in a professional <laughs> ad where you can go buy stuff outdoors.com, blah, 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 blah. Check out okshunter.com where you'll find an assortment of the most okay gear there is. Blah, 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 blah. All right. We got a guest with us. 
That was good, blah, blah, blah. I want to punch you in the face right now, but I won't. (laughs) You both want to punch me in the face right now. Do it. Go ahead and punch me in the face. (laughs) You know what's good for elbow pain? Alex, do you know what's good for elbow pain? Welcome to the show. He looked up when it sounded confrontational. He was ready for a show. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome, buddy. No, I'm... What's going on, guys? Good to good to be back. We've had you on twice. Is this your third time on the show? Three timers club. This is the twice. Second. No way. I thought we had you on three times. Second. No. Maybe I just talked to you enough. Once to... And this is the second. I well, just... as okay us, but I think you were on with Where to Hunt too. I think this is I your third so, time. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my god, rookie! It's been a while. <laughs> it's been so many times. You guys can't <laughs> keep track. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. We're just getting. Yeah. Away. Can't keep track. So, uh, how is life? Where are you from? Tell the listeners. Uh, I'm from Newtown Square, Pennsylvania, about 45 minutes outside of Philadelphia. Best city in the world. City of brotherly love. Sweet. Exactly. <laughs> so, Pennsylvania is a big state. They have a really strong whitetail hunting heritage. Obviously, we just mentioned Derek was on the East Meets West podcast, and uh, that's a PA locale podcast or centric podcast they got a lot of mountain buck talk over there and stuff like that um i don't know man like what's the culture like in pa i think it's pretty similar to wisconsin if i'm not mistaken culture for hunting is huge in pennsylvania um there's a ton of hunters so where i'm from southeastern pa it's uh how do i put it there's there's not that many mountains we call them residential bucks because you'll get you know, parcels of land that are, you could get a 30 acre farm and then next to it, like in my house could be a 300 acre farm. And it's all private land, which is very, you know, fortunate to have. And you, you'll get some of the biggest bucks um, on the property if you can maintain it right. When you start going up towards, you know, Penn State, you guys have probably heard the term, the Orange Army shows up and good luck to you. That's all I got to say. So are you, where are you spending your time hunting by and large, like bow or gun? What are you, are you really kind of hanging around that Southeastern part? Or are you traveling a little bit? Uh, for whitetails, basically Southern Pennsylvania, I kind of stay in the area. And then, um, I'll venture down to Maryland, uh, to one of my good buddies, outfitters, Nanacoke and, uh, hunt Eastern shore bucks with him. And then, uh, we have a camp. Well, Jimmy, the owner of Sen Assassin has a camp in West Virginia where uh, we go in the Allegheny Mountains for bear and whitetails, and that's a whole different world out there. Yeah, I hunted hunted the Allegheny National Forest when I was up there a couple years ago for a day with Johnny Stewart and crew and Bo and all those guys with Spartan Forge, and it was really pretty. I've said it Mm -hmm. reminded me a lot of uh, northern Wisconsin, but just a little bit more mountainous. But I had to walk back on a logging road. You couldn't drive past a certain point, and I really enjoy that. It did feel vast, but um, so you talk about, I want to talk about bears a little bit. I don't know why. I just, you killed two yeah. bears last year. <laughs> I know Derek's on a bear. I think Greg's putting in tags or uh, points for bear. Yep. Um, and you're such a good cook. Like if you, if anyone follows you on social, the, the mouth watering photos you're posting and they're not like, it's not like you're like one of those foodie, you know, Instagram accounts where you're like probably spending five hours making a fucking perfect photo, but the food looks genuinely really good and it's all wild game. So I want to talk about, you know, how do you get a bear tag for Pennsylvania? Where do you go? What are you doing for prep? Like, how did, how did it go for you? You have two stories to share. And, and then I know someone like you, you're, you're putting like the meat to good use. 
So I'm curious about that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about bear meat before and how it's it's greasy, but it's good. Yeah, so the funny part is, um, so for Pennsylvania bear, you can, uh, once you get your PA license, um, you can buy the bear tag separate. It doesn't come with the license. Because, you know, in Pennsylvania, up in like Potter County, there's a ton of black bears. So down where I live, you really don't get the bear tag unless you know you have a property to go to. Um, but to be honest with you, I've never killed a PA black bear. The bear behind me right there was uh, from Monticello, New York. Um, I got him three and a half years ago. That was an exhilarating hunt. And then the other one that I have at the taxidermy I actually killed last year uh, in West Virginia, which was kind of unexpected in a way, but it was awesome at the same time. That's cool, man. Did you, and that was bow or what? Both bears I shot with a bow. So how close were you to these bears? So the one um, in Monticello, first time bear hunting, my buddy drops me off in the swamps and uh, it's 5 a.m., climb into the tree and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of sketchy because I've never bear hunted before. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I was like, bro, this is sketchy, man. There's, he was like, the worst part was at 430, a giant male walked right by the trail camera and this thing was the size of a golf cart. I was like, oh, dude, you guys are killing me right now. And I look at my buddy Jacob, and I'm like, all right, I'm going up in that tree. He's like, yeah, you're going up in that tree, and I'll see you, uh, you know, when sunrise comes. So, uh, you know, like you guys, when you bow hunt, you sit down, and in new territory, what I like to do is you kind of scan the area and pick out certain things so you know, like, if something's out of place, it could be a deer, it could be a bear, it could be an animal. So sunrise broke. I'm sitting there. And out of the corner of my eye, I look down, I'm like, that black thing wasn't there like five minutes ago. It's like, nope, that thing, it, that's a bear. So uh started shaking. The bear came in at 30 yards and he went up and was just grabbed the tree and was scratching his head. And then um, let it fly at 30 yards, double lunged him. And uh, the bear actually climbed up a tree at like 50 feet and then let go and completely smacked the ground and was dead. Holy crap. That's intense. Wow. It was weird. Very intense. Like the f- climbing the tree and falling back. That's wild. That must have shaken the earth a little bit. <laughs> Holy crap. But it wasn't it was, like you were, like a lot yeah, of guys yeah. use like hounds or they're baiting or they're going with a guide. You just freaking climbed up. You just went up like, here, this is your tree. You're going to bear hunt. And this, did you like do any scouting or like how? So, yeah, the scouting was cool. So where my buddy lives in Monticello, he owns a uh, hundred acres and it's all like swamp back there. And when you pull up his street, there's a, uh, there's like a family camp will, where people will pay to go and spend like vacation there. And then there's the camp, all of his woods. And on the other side is another, you know, like family resort and camp. Well, he was scouting so well that he noticed that the bears were using his woods as like a cut through because they were getting in the dumpsters there. So he planned it out where he was like, oh man, this bear is coming through at this time. This is coming in at this one. So yeah, he scouted out real good and it worked out because the path looked like a giant highway. It, it was insane how torn up it was. So you were just hunting a game path, no bait. You were relying on the, the travel route between essentially the dumpsters being the bait. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
It's kind of nice. They're overgrown yeah. trash pandas, huh, Greg? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so then, so that was that wasn't the bear you got this past season, right? That's a this is a different story. Yeah. So then, the West Virginia one was nuts. That was an awesome, awesome bear story. So, uh, drove seven hours into camp to meet Jimmy. Um, we filmed an episode um, for Sen Assassin. That morning, we went out and we went hog hunting which was some of the most fun I've ever had. And, uh, you know, all five of us got hogs and we took it back to camp. And the crazy part about camp is it's literally a one room shack with mattresses. There's no running water. There's no electricity. Like it's a true hunting camp and there's no cell service there or whatever. So, uh, it was like four 30 and, uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to go hang a tree stand up on this mountain right here. I said, dude, I'm not walking that mountain. We got to figure that out. And, uh, we took the four wheeler up, took a tree stand and, uh, hung the tree stand. And, you know, right as the sun's going down, he's like, this is a good spot, man. You know, I used to take my climber up here and a bunch of deer used to cruise through here. So I was after deer originally. So the next morning we go up, I'm getting set up in the tree and I got my camera set up and it's about seven, yeah, seven o'clock in the morning. I'm going like this. I grab my camera to set it on the stand. And out of the corner of my eye, there's a buck coming down the trail. I'm like, oh, he's working the scrape. I might get a shot on him. Put the camera down, sit down, watching this deer. And I hear this stick break behind me. And I'm like, what, what the hell is that? And I look down and there's a bear looking right up at me. Came right over the backside of the mountain, stared at me. And I was like, holy shit, this is where, where did you come from? So uh, bear looks at me and I could tell it was a sow. So obviously, you know, rule of thumb is if she has cubs, you're absolutely not. So I watched the bear for about a half hour. She came in under me, looked up, didn't really care, started eating, you know, the natural acorns that fell down. And then I looked behind her and she didn't have anything. So I took the shot at 20 yards and bear ran down the mountain and it took three hours to get her up. Oh, my God. Just like the drag itself was that terrible? Nightmare. Nightmare, absolute nightmare. Bears absolutely suck to drag, like just yeah, floppy man. jello weight. Like there's no rack to grab onto. They are the worst to drag out. That's a good point. Yeah, horrible. They're and pain. it was pouring rain that night too. Ooh, yeah, that doesn't make getting up a mountain very easy, does it? So are you gut, you're gutting it first, nah. though, like you would a deer, and then and then yeah, and then start dragging and hope for the best man it's it, like you know there's nothing to grip you just better you put it in a God headlock like go. what are you doing yeah like how are you like Did, I, jimmy grabbed a paw i grabbed a paw we walked about five feet and we're like wow we're really out of shape <laughs> and, you know walked about walked like another 25 feet and i'm like dude this sucks like go get the four-wheeler so like luckily you had a rope so um, we tied the rope around her back legs the last, you know, couple hundred feet up the mountain. He just drug her right on up. That's nice. I know with um, a, a buddy of mine from years, years ago, he got a doe and he uh, like sliced, I don't know what part of their leg. Some like just, you know. The back? Right by yeah, the Yeah, like, and just stuck there? a stick through there. And we had handles mm-hmm. on that doe from that. I was like, that's a pretty clever idea. Doe handles. Like, can you do that on a bear in any spot? Like, probably not, right? Not really, because you don't have that big tendon. Really, they no. got like a big armpit skin or something like that that maybe you could do. <laughs> yeah, but not if you want to keep uh, keep that as a, a bear rug. You're not going to be poking holes in that point. thing. 
Yeah, so you just kind of got to deal. Maybe you just get like one of those sleds. The best thing, sled. the sleds would work if you were yep. in the right terrain for sure. We, the first bear I shot, we were pretty close to this old metal ladder stand. And my buddy had a good idea. He's like, dude, let's take the bottom of the ladder stand out and we'll use it like a girl. Perfect. And that was actually the best idea ever because then we didn't have to drag. We literally had like three guys, one guy in the front or one guy in the back, two guys in the front. And we just carried the sucker up. That's kind of nice. Yeah, you get pretty innovative when something's like a real big struggle and suddenly you're like, you know what? There's got to be a better way to do this. (laughs) Like, let's let's think let's think about this a little bit and suddenly problem solve your way through and whatnot. Sometimes you just got to grit your way through it, though, too, and just deal with it. And that's Mm -hmm. that's the part that I kind of like that stuff sucks, but I also love that stuff. Those are the things that you will never forget. That's what like makes most of the story. It's what you said, like, oh, the drag sucked. But it's super memorable, and it makes it so much more worth it in some way. You like you earn your keep on that hunt when you got to suffer a little bit. So I was wondering, like going back deep in the woods of you guys and the the swamp or whatever. I'm like, we got to drag something out of here, you know? That's gonna be hard. <laughs> <laughs> Greg watched me drag that buck like not far at all in a small parcel, and I was like dying. So it's pretty normal, pretty common. Good thing I brought the sled. Yep. So, Alex, was it pretty easy to you for you to switch gears from like, oh, hey, check out this buck coming into my scrape to, oh, I'll just shoot this bear instead? Like, <laughs> what did that buck do when you shot the bear? That, it just, the bear was, I mean, it's crazy how quiet they are for such a big animal. It's truly amazing. But, like, I was, like, more kind of like, do I want a bear? Do I want a deer? Do I want a bear? Do I want a deer? So I was like, oh, I'm just going to take, you know, the bear because I'm in West Virginia. You know what I mean? We had still four more days to hunt whitetails. And uh, my buddy said, dude, if you see a bear that's legal, take it, man. Cause, and it was cool, though. It wasn't like your typical, you know, black bear. Like she had like all brown that went all the way around her eyes up to her ears. I mean, the bear was absolutely beautiful. So. Yeah, definitely shot the bear, and then that buck took off and ran down the hill. Uh, <laughs> that thing just killed a bear. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But you said, well, you didn't know it was there until you heard that twig snap, and I've heard that about bears, that they are virtually silent, like more silent than a deer. They're like yeah. Ninjas, dude. It's crazy because they weigh significantly more than a deer. But they got a better they way of dispersing, you know, dispersing the weight. That's something, man. Um, mm-hmm. Another thought about that. So, like with with whitetail, I know a lot of us will like cook up the loins right away, or whatever. Right? Is there anything you're doing with a bear right away? Uh, making sure that that meat stays cold, like constantly. Like I, we had a a real nice yeti, um, so quartered her up and then just poured bags of ice all over, and uh, stayed another three days. Kept you know, draining the ice out, making sure the meat was super, super cold, which it was. And then, uh, got back to Pennsylvania and started, you know, slicing and dicing, vacuum backing and putting it right in the freezer. So what's the first meal you made out of that bear? First meal I made out of that bear was chili. Sounds like a good choice. That's a, that's a staple, right? It was different, and the old lady was like, what is this? This does not taste like venison. <laughs> it's not. So, yeah, it's completely, that's a completely different world of uh, wild game meat. Did you use, like, uh, cubed meat? Did you cube it, or was it ground? 
I actually took all like the excess pieces, took them to my butcher, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll have it done for you in a day." And he ground it all up for me. Nice. It's pretty good. Yeah. What I found out is like you have to cut off all fat. Like every bit of fat needs to be off the meat. Otherwise, the fat's what mm-hmm. gives the meat a really weird taste. Really. And bear fat's very different. Like if you think of deer fat, it's like hard, chunky, white. Bear fat's like yellowish, soft. You, you got to get all that off. Otherwise, when you cook it, that's what makes your meat taste really weird. But do you take it and render it and use it for anything else? I did not. It's no. not the Bear Grease podcast. No, I'm just asking. But that is, a, I, I wouldn't mind talking about that. Like, yeah, that's, that's, if an that makes your thing. meat taste weird, then, then like, what'd you say, rendering it? Yeah, you render it. Rent, yeah, like rendering, a, I'm thinking like digital stuff. Like do people files. do that with bear fat? Oh, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So bear fat, aka, my grandfather grease. did. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they'll use it to, to cook with. I mean, they'll grease cookie sheets with it and bake, bake with it. They'll, it all depends, I guess, on what the bear's eating. Like my the last one, my uncle shot up by his place. He said that he rendered some of it and and cooked with it, and it had almost like a blueberry flavor to it. I don't know how you get blueberry out of, it, but that that bear was definitely eating a ton of blueberries. You know, it's a September bear, so they they ate a bunch of blueberries. Hmm. Interesting. That's cool. So, but I thought like fat is flavor. That's what I've been taught about, like cooking. Well, it certainly meat. is. I mean, what what flavor do you want? A good flavor <laughs> or a bad? <laughs> but like in some cases, like having some fat going is like the gristle, right? Like yeah. on, a, on yeah. a cow steak, you you want that fat on there. It gives a good flavor, right? But I guess with a bear, I don't know. That's just what. That's just what everybody's I've got experience. Yeah, it's it's different. I think you know, Alex took his and got it on ice right away. Kept it really cold, but if the bat the the fat. You know, it depends on what the bear's eating. And it can, it's the same with, we've all had bad beef before, too, where it just doesn't taste good. The gristle doesn't taste good. And, and, you know, depends on what they're eating. Alex, did you make the ribs from your bear? Oh, yeah, those were delicious. Bear ribs are awesome. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, How'd very you, good. Did you smoke them or what'd you do? Smoke them. I, uh... Let them sit in pineapple juice with cut up jalapenos and garlic for two days and then smoke them for six hours. Damn. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. So what's what was the other bear story? There's a there's an additional bear, right? No, those are the two bear stories. Oh, those are both from last year. Got it. I see it. For some reason, I thought there was a third bear somewhere in there from a different time period. No, I wish. Cocaine bear. <laughs> yeah, we got a cocaine bear, bear episode. <laughs> I saw the preview for that movie. It looks freaking awful. Bad. That looks terrible. I don't know. I bet you that bear would taste real weird. Very exciting taste. <laughs> Guys, I'm yeah. pretty hyper here eating this bear. Anyone else feel funny? <laughs> How'd your deer season go? Deer season went good this year. Um, I'm actually keep looking this way because I uh, shot a buck I was after for four years and now he's finally hanging on my wall. So it was. It was awesome. Kind of went like Eric's. Had to drag him out of a creek, which was not fun at all. Yeah, Greg wasn't there to make you do it twice, though. So, <laughs> no, that was this was <clears throat> this was probably the funniest slash surreal hunting story I've ever kind of told. So, um, I basically got home from work late, 
and it was the last week of the the rut you could tell stuff was uh you know kind of coming down so i ran into my backyard and i had a tree stand about 70 yards you know off my house so i ran in i'm like and why not i'm gonna give it a shot you know looking over a valley and a nice path from a field to a nature preserve across the street so sitting there five o'clock rolls up and i look up and this big six i was like there's no way that's him he lives on the farm a mile down the road it was him he came down he worked the scrape and there was a spike feeding in front and he nudged him off hit this scrape in front of him like this is really about to happen comes in walks down broadside at 30 yards <clears throat> drilled him i mean i felt really really confident about the shot i mean he leg kicked and all that and bolted right past me up past my grandmother's house i'm like oh man i I can't believe this really happened. So I waited hour and a half, you know, got my dog, went out, started tracking and it was good blood, good blood. And I was like, I'm, you know, a little iffy about this and I'm going to back out for the night because I was dreading that if he ran down another 80 yards and crossed my street and ran into a nature preserve, I'm screwed. So unfortunately, yeah, I went back next morning and I found couple droplets of blood and then my street and i'm like god damn it he ran across didn't he sure shit he ran across because there was blood on a stone and then the the water and then he ran up so 7 a.m going out there i walk across and a lot of people walk their dogs there and this is where i i couldn't believe this happened so i'm on blood i'm on blood i'm on blood and then all of a sudden i hear this lady screaming roxy no and I'm like, what is going on out there? I look up. <laughs> the buck, the buck that I shot got up with a giant hole in his side. He was pumping blood. And here comes this little poodle chasing my buck. <laughs> Covered like, in blood. God. Roxy, no. I was like, what is Yeah, I'm like, and the lady kept screaming, Roxy, Roxy, Roxy. I'm like, oh my God. So I run out and these people are like freaked out because you know, I'm got burrs all over me. I got a stick. They're like, where the hell did this dude come from? So I'm like, hey, did your dog by any chance, you know, kick a deer up? And the uh, husband was like, yeah, this huge buck got up and he ran. He ran down near the creek. So I'm like, okay, cool. I go down near the creek. The buck literally jumped in the water and died and was laying on his side. I felt like I should have bought that dog a giant box of treats because it did me a huge favor. <laughs> give him some of that venison, you know. <laughs> but That's what he really wanted. Yeah, and then like uh, – run back home grab a rope it was freezing cold water and then just sucked it up and you know like eric it was cold it was not fun i had to have my buddy come and help me get him out but i still you know i got him it was a challenge and he made me work for it that's awesome crazy story that is pretty funny (laughs) though like the 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 dog pretty you you think you would have found him anyways though without the without the dog yeah i would have found him because it was really really thick brush and it was great blood but I probably would have come up on him and been like, man, you know, he's still there. So I probably would have, you know, let him chill it out. But at the same time, I was like really happy the dog kicked him because a lot of people go through there. And it was nice for me to actually see him dart by. So I knew exactly which direction he went. We meet again. That dog probably got his heart pumping a lot. That just spilled a lot of blood out of there. Got him going again. Oh, my God. This dog's going to get me. Gets in the water. (laughs) Shock. And then dead. So what was he? You said he's a big six-pointer? Yeah, he's a big six pointer. My uh unfortunately my neighbor uh 
you know, passed away this year and we had, uh, you know, 400 acre farm and, uh, buck behind me, I shot there it was the biggest buck I ever killed. But this big six, three years ago came under me at 15 yards and I looked down on him and I was like, nah, you're, you might grow a little more. And then I started seeing trail cam pictures of him and he started getting bigger on his base, way bigger, bigger. And then, uh, definitely he's five and a half year old, six year old buck. So I was like, yeah, it, it's time for you to, to go. Cool, man. That's exciting. Yeah. And get in that cold water. So I've talked to these guys before. I, I've been, I don't know why, but I, I've been taking, I t- I've been taking cold showers for like over a year now. Like I've committed and it's more of like a <laughs> mental thing. No, no, I'm not that badass. I'm not, the whole shower is not freezing cold, but like I will, I, will uh, I was going to say crank it to cold at the end and I'll, I'll go for a minute or two minutes. Oh, see the truth comes out now. <laughs> no, that's the truth. I've said this. I'm not, I'm not trying to like fake the funk and turn her all the way down to 78. <laughs> yeah, that's cold. I'm just joking. And then, and then it's I get lower out. than body temperature. <laughs> it's freezing, especially in the winter. Like the water does get colder in the winter in those pipes. But so when we did the river thing, it was cold, but I was like, I got this. I do cold showers every day. <laughs> <laughs> it was preparing you for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that it, it just, I don't know. I do for the men. Th- there's like all these stupid benefits people talk about. And it's like people, I say, it's kind of like uh, if you're vegan, you, you, you know the person's vegan because they'll fucking tell you. <laughs> or like, you know that person does cold plunges because they'll tell you. <laughs> I try not to actually really tell mm-hmm. people about this, but it comes up every now and again. This is a pretty natural spot. I'm not like gloating about it, but it is a thing. What's the hardest part about running five marathons? Figuring out how to bring it into every conversation. Probably <laughs> 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 well, said about you know begging a nice buck. Yeah, yeah. It's the hardest part about that book. Finding good ways to talk about it every <laughs> time I get a chance. Every time. Yeah. No, that's exciting, man. It's always nice to have a cool story like that, and it sounds like you got a good group of guys around you too. You go into that that deer camp that you went to with like no running water, beds on the floor no cell reception like that is what i think we all aspire to end up going to at some point like those types of deer camps are really special because you're forced to connect you don't you know like you go somewhere with cell reception everyone just kind of at some point at the end of the night they oh, i gotta charge my phone and then they stand and hover in a certain spot getting sucked into whatever the hell oh look at this buck someone got look at this one look at that one oh I'm the- yeah okay let's just let's focus on our camp so when are we doing it I'll chip in. We'll go build a little plywood cabin somewhere. Why not? <clears throat> get her get her done. A couple acres surrounded by national forests. I'll dig the outhouse hole. Let's go. <laughs> Doug and Karen looking for some squatters. Ooh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that place gets pretty cold in the winter. It does. Woof. So let's talk about some of the, the meal stuff you do, man, because it really is pretty unique. Like I, you guys have put on some good meals. I think if anyone's watched the OKS Hunter show on, on YouTube or Carbon TV, the last episode where the Hunter wives tell all you guys brought over a smorgasbord of food wrapped in bacon and you slice loins open and put like cream cheese in there and garlic and all sorts of I still stuff. salivate thinking about the tender loins <laughs> he made. Good. Those were so good. All of that food is good, but this is something that you do on like... But if a, you look at Alex's... It's you, daily. Yeah, Alex's uh, feed on Instagram, you better not do it when you're hungry. And if even if you aren't hungry, <laughs> you will be hungry afterwards. <laughs> Like, where does that come from, man? Yeah, like, it's just, just, do you have a big appetite? Uh, <laughs> like, no. Um, so, like I told you guys first time we did it, um, I was adopted from Mexico um, when I was, you know, two weeks old. Um, so, I kind of got all the cooking from when I came here. 
Um, I got adopted into my dad's side's like real hardcore Italians. So like to this day, uh, my grandmom's 88. She'll wake up at like two in the morning and make raviolis for no apparent reason. I still don't understand why, but that's what they do. Um, we still do the seven fishes and all that stuff. And then, um, my grandfather, like when he was alive, taught me how to bow hunt and do all that. And he always said, you know, this is the best meat you'll ever eat. My, if it's venison, turkey, whatever you're into hunting, it's the best stuff you ever eat. And I kind of took it to heart when I was like, you know, 19 and started really enjoying it. So kind of took my Spanish side and Italian side and looked at dishes my mama would make, what the Spanish culture would make. And I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, they're using beef and chicken and well, I can use wild turkey and I can use venison. And if I really want, you know, you can use whatever you want wild game wise and just have fun with it. Yeah. There's no rule. Nope. Yeah. You've definitely done a good job with it. I mean, fun's probably an understatement. I appreciate if you ask me it. Because like, by the way, I didn't know what seven fishes was. I just Google it. The feast of seven fishes is a, Italian American celebration of Christmas Eve with dishes of fish and other seafood. I didn't know that. Sounds delicious. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I feel like that'd be a fun meal to do if you had seven species of fish. Do we have seven species go of fish? Yeah, they um, say it. I'm working on it. Okay. Let's go fishing. <laughs> Let's go fishing. <laughs> no, like what's your go to meal then? Like I it's a little bit more robust than like the standard our go to, I think, from what I see at least. You you add a lot of like that, that Mexican component that makes it look really, really good. And like colorful, like honestly. So I think uh, like I meal prep during the week now. So I use a lot of ground venison just because, you know, with my job, you're on the go. So ground venison and rice, just make it simple during the week. But after working a long week and um, I just got a Traeger for Christmas. So that just changed my whole world with cooking and everything. Um, Saturdays are the days that I'll cook like. This Saturday, I'm going turkey hunting down on the eastern shore of Maryland, and I'm going to make something that I made before, which is pretty epic with a turkey breast, which I can tell you guys because it's a, one of my favorites. So you, you get a whole turkey breast from a wild turkey and marinate it with garlic and pineapple juice for 24 hours. And then what you do is bring it out the next day, and if you can in the front, don't cut – you cut a slit in it almost. Make sure it goes all the way back. Two slits right in the front. Go to the grocery store, get two poblano peppers, and cut like a box in them. That way the pepper's still whole and you almost have to take the lid off of it. Then after that, grab yourself some cream cheese and cook some bacon and crumble the bacon inside the cream cheese. After that, take the cream cheese, stuff it in the poblano pepper, and then wrap the pepper in prosciutto and stuff it inside the turkey breast and throw it on the smoker for three and a half hours. Prosciutto and bacon, baby. <laughs> sorry, I'm like... Cream was, cheese and peppers. I was really uh, in a, cheese, different, peppers, I was a different place just now, guys. I really just kind of wandered off my mind about that for a second. <laughs> All the om-noms you could ever want. Well, I got a pit boss, which is akin to a Traeger, I think. Uh, I bought it a few years ago, so I'm sure that all these things have changed and evolved and gotten smarter and stuff. But mine's got this thing where you can expose the flame, which I like, because I can at least crisp things up in there. Or I call it kiss a fire. <laughs> but having that, what I call a smoker for dummies, you set the temperature like you would your oven. The fuel is wood. The wood you know, flavor that you have is dependent on whatever uh, wood you get, whether it's hickory or 
competition or applewood or there's all sorts of different types of wood you can get. And it even tells you like if you're cooking poultry, we recommend these ones. If you're cooking this, we recommend these ones. But you can do it how you want. But it's great because you can just throw it in there, put it on smoke and the lowest temperature possible, and it kind of just does its thing. And when you put yep. it on a really low temperature, that those wood pellets will last a really long time. But when you're using like a grill like I am lately to cook burgers real hot and quick, you're burning through that fuel pretty fast. That auger's just going. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just goes. So yours, that one just burns wood, right? That's the only. Yeah, that's source? it. It's just got. It's got. You have to have it plugged in for need electricity. electricity to make it work. Electricity. So that that, mm-hmm. that just gets the auger going and gets your panel to see the temperature in you know the of the of the grill. So your auger like auto feeds mm-hmm. to it maintain the temperature. Yep. yep. Nice. It's pretty intuitive. You don't have to <laughs> do much. Yeah. Hit start and eventually see smoke billowing out of it, and that's when you know it's that's when you're about to make fire. <laughs> and then fire starts, and then it just kind of does its thing. I I don't recommend using whatever brand you buy. It's not like a freaking commercial for like Traeger or something like that. But Traeger, the grill for the outdoorsman. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you don't use an off-brand or an alternate brand of wood pellets, because the way that these companies design these things, they're really trying to get you to use their stuff, and like their revenue model is based on you buying fuel. They make a grill sale once. They have some profit margin on that, fine. But where they really make their money is the the accessories, the the recipe stuff, and then like the fuel source. And if you use an, a different brand, they they make them like a slightly different size, and it'll f up your auger. And I had I had one where I got Traeger pellets for my pit boss, and they just piled in there, and like all of a sudden, there's just wood chips everywhere. And they wouldn't. And feed then, then it wouldn't. Yeah, it was feeding. It was overfeeding it. So then, like, I was like, "Why isn't this thing running?" And that was why. Because I just I went to a store that didn't carry my brand. I'm like, well, whatever. I I just need to get chips. Going. Are chips, right? Yeah, that's not true. They are not. Not even <laughs> like, close. So that was a lesson I learned the hard way a couple of times. <clears throat> it'll, it'll eventually fail on you if that's what you're gonna do. And it's not a big 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 problem. You supposed to start your shop back, vacuum up, and you know get her going again. But it's a pain in the butt when you're trying to smoke something and also well, it hasn't yeah. been working. You got meat in a hot in a hot area, so that's not good. Doesn't keep your tempo. <clears throat> yeah, it's time to bust out the old charcoal Weber, get her done real quick. Now you're talking. That's what Greg likes. That's what I got. Yeah. Do you do your salmon on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do everything on that. Mm-hmm. It's very effective. I have one of those. It also. works. But uh, nothing else. It's an excuse to sit around and drink beer and watch fire and meat. Tend to the meat. Mm-hmm. Tend to the grill. Yes, sir. How much? So yeah, with that Traeger, you're not doing much tending. Like you're not supposed to open it a bunch. You got to kind of like it's like the oven. You got to same it. thing. Same thing with the Weber. I mean, smoking smoking salmon or cooking salmon on doesn't <clears> take very long. You get enough coal in there, and you get I throw wet chunks of applewood on it, and I mean, low and slow is better. So if you can keep it around 200, that's great for fish. I mean, you can do it the same with any other other meat, I suppose, but it also depends on how thick it is. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those king king fillets that I bring home from catching out on a lake, those things are, you know, a couple inches thick. So low and slow is good, and then all that smoke gets absorbed into the into the meat, and you let it do its thing. Adds a lot of it does add a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I like about the the pit bosses. Like you get you do get a lot of good flavor, even for a short amount of time. Like, well, we actually, it's our go-to for bacon now. Like, we don't, um, I don't really cook bacon on the stove because it stinks up the house. So now I'm like, well, throw it in the outdoor stove or oven. 
and it's no big deal and it adds a little bit extra smoke. Flavor. You put it on a cookie sheet with tinfoil then? Yeah. Or? yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I do have like a, actually like a rack that I put over a cookie sheet over tinfoil, lay the bacon on top of that. And actually Pit Boss has a bacon tray. It's like this V-shaped thing. And then uh, either side, it's got these trays that get collect all the grease. So you just lay your bacon over the top of that, throw it in there, let it do its thing. And then out comes crisp bacon yeah. in a bent shape. Yeah. Bacon teepee. Yeah, that's what I have. Bacon teepee. I guess that's go. probably what it actually be called. Yeah. Well, then you don't got all the grease dripping all over everything. Yeah. Which is nice. What excitement is that? I mean, everybody likes a good grease fire. A good grease. Now. I was going to say, yeah. No <laughs> grease fire. <laughs> yeah. I got to spice some. things up. Have yourself a little grease fire in the pit boss. Oh, God. I don't, I've never experienced that yet. I don't want to have that kind of panic. I've, I've successfully burnt down at least two gas grills. I'm surprised. Due to a, due to a farm-raised chicken <laughs> and the foil failing. Really? Really? Yes. What's the story what on this? I got to hear this. <laughs> Let's hear this foil failure. <laughs> so apparently the foil was thin foil, thin tin foil. I must have compromised it while putting it on the grill with the, the beer can chicken, farm-raised chicken, so they're nice and fat and... You know, delicious, yeah. all excited, <laughs> lots of dripping going on. So either the 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 failure in the foil might have been the edges, like because the amount of fat and drippings, it caved it over. Yeah. And then it just unleashed a oh, whole. Oh, it leashed a whole lot of fury, <laughs> lots of fury there. Yeah. I will say, cheap foil is not good. No, it's bad like, news. Don't don't bother getting cheap foil. It's not going to pay off for you. Just get whatever the hell the good stuff is at the grocery store, and you'll just appreciate your life a lot. The last grill fire resulted in a uh, pulling out of a brand new fire extinguisher from the kitchen closet. Oh, I've never had to do that before. Emptying it out. (laughs) That thing was a pretty good one. That baby was billowing. Uh, but what a what a mess that was! It was kind of a shame because that was a nice big chicken. I was pretty pretty excited about. It. I think it was one we raised even. What yeah. was its name? Dinner. <laughs> Didn't want to get personal with your chicken. I mean, huh? my mother in law. <laughs> Audrey. My mother in law and my wife had other names for it. <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. They're probably mad about it. Yeah. My my <laughs> niece forever will have a fear of chickens anytime she sees one because of it. That's funny. He was a mean son of a gun. Calder asked in the comments, I'm curious what spices you put in your ground venison and rice to get it to give it some flavor. That's a good question. Oh. What the, the heck is the brand my dad just bought me? I forget. But like, you know, Eric just said, kind of that Traeger has their own spices and when you buy them, it shows good for poultry and good for ground meat. So I use the one that uh, Traeger has for the ground meat and just put it in there. And then rice is rice is bland as it is. There's really not much you can do with it. Right. Unless you add like hot sauce or something to it. It's it's just bland. Cilantro or I don't know, soy sauce. Oh no. What I what no I like cilantro. to what I like to do, I mean if you're you're looking for just a general mixture of spices, you can't go wrong with ground black pepper right out of the grinder. Mm-hmm. Some salt. Yep. Um you can do however garlic you like, but if you don't have any garlic that you can crush up and put in there, garlic powder, onion powder, if you're not going to mess around with onion. Um, for 
other herbs, I would say rosemary goes good with venison pretty well. And uh, I think that's probably my favorite. Or you could use uh, oregano even if you want to go more of an Italian flavor. But it, that goes with a lot of it. It's pretty simple. I feel like garlic gets overused quite a bit. But there's like a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. It just does really good with like taking yeah. that, that gamey flavor. Or it, it enhances good. it. You know, it adds to it. Enhance. Enhance. I don't know. I think um, there's, there's not a lot of wrong you can do. Well, there is. A lot of wrong. There's a lot of wrong. <laughs> Probably more wrong. <laughs> you burn more wrong chicken. than right. But like, there's like, you know, if you find a recipe, like, you don't have to follow it to the T. Or you can, you can ad hoc, like, add whatever you think. You know, pinch of this, or try a little bit of that, or swap this out for that thing. Like, you know, just like you're you're doing, Alex. You're, you're adding, and well, this says poultry, but I'm gonna add wild game, you know, instead or, or whatever. Um, there's so many good places to get recipes for this stuff. Like, I I think Meat Eater does a good job that that. Uh, Whatever the main book is that they originally had launched, mm-hmm. is it the Mediator Cookbook or something? Yep. Uh, Buck, Buck, Moose. Well, that's or, Hank Shaw. It's a different one. Yeah, yep. it's not a Mediator one. So Hank Shaw does a good job, really good job, and he's even doing classes online now. It's cool. That and just like honestly, even these uh, grill companies, they they're like they have such an appetite to put out content and gather recipes. And they do a pretty good job. You go to like Traeger or you go to Pit Boss or pick your whatever the hell grill.com and go to the recipe page. They have some pretty good recipes that like they've designed to some degree to work with their system. Um, I think one of the better meals I've done on mine was uh, short of smoking stuff was like I did venison meatballs uh, and I did these meatballs that like a meatball sub. And it was incredible. It was just incredible. That, really <laughs> that was good. so that good. So good. And I got that recipe right right off of Pit Boss's website. I just swapped out ground, you know, ground beef for venison because I had some and wild game uh, meatball sub. It was delicious. So I mean, have fun with this stuff. You know, we we do all this stuff to go hunting. We we put all this time in all year round. Do all the stuff, but then you get this other period of time where you can really experiment and have fun in the kitchen and like, you know. Pay respect to the animal and enjoy the feast that per, that like pursues or whatever the word is I'm looking for. This coffee isn't doing its job. <laughs> the hell, I feel tired. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say blueberries and venison is really good. I've hmm. heard that. Now, if you had some blueberry bear grease and some blueberries and some venison. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a little weird. Just straight blueberries <laughs> and backstraps is delicious. Blueberries and backstraps. You have to write a cookbook, buddy. You're gonna have to like put some together. Yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to, but just for us, just, you don't like, have to do it for anybody else. My own thing. Just give it to us. Well, I was gonna say, if you guys, <laughs> you know, we'll give it like a year out. Come to a bear camp in the Allegheny Mountains, and I'll cook anything you want there. That sounds nice. It's not. It's not. I I did buy a deer tag for Pennsylvania. It was pretty affordable. Now I get yeah. emails all the time from PA Wild Game Department. PA is pretty affordable to go hunt. Yeah, it didn't seem like a big deal at all. No. Like two hundred bucks. I don't even think it was that much. No, it wasn't. It was like a buck and a. I think it was a buck I and a quarter. It, yeah, it might have been under two hundred. Yeah, it's a for not buck twenty five, and then if you want to, if you want a doe tag, I think it's like. Thirty-two seventy for the doe tag out of state. That's very reasonable. That's very reasonable. Last yeah, but the tricky part is finding the spots to go. That's like the trickiest. 
you know, part about Pennsylvania is find the spot to go. I mean, game lands are awesome. Um, there's a lot of them here, but if you have somebody, you know, like myself who has, you know, private property where you kind of focus all your time on it and you guys come on out, you know, it's kind of worth your while in the end. Cause you know, more than likely you'll see deer or get a shot on one. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't see shit when I was there, but. Public know. grounds. Yeah. <laughs> Quite crowded. Yeah. I did find some else's trail cam. I remember walking across that. So yeah, someone had a nice photo of me. Did they get your did you show them the moon? No. <laughs> I had my saddle on. Nah. It was too much of a pain in the butt. <laughs> I would have done it. It was also cold and snowing. There is uh, there is one hunt you guys should definitely do, which because uh, we're talking about wild game. Uh I leave Thursday to uh, go down to Maryland at Nanticoke Outfitters, my buddy Dave's to, you know, go for turkeys. But this guy's got the holy of holy animal, which I think he's got properties for Sika deer. Sika deer. And that is a whole different ball game when it comes to hunting. That yeah, looks I, like I, a Sika deer, to be little, honest. A little bit. It does. <laughs> yeah, but the quality of meat, from what I understand, is quite good. Yeah, I heard it's the best. Like, there is. It's just based on their diet and stuff, or it's their genetic makeup. I don't their know. Their genetic makeup. They're just genetically designed very, to be delicious. Very salty. Yeah, animal. there's certain cows that are better than other cows to eat. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's the thing. They're basically mini elk is what they are. Yep. Oh. That like to wander swamps. Sounds nice. Oh, Sounds no. hard to hunt. You got to take a boat to get to your tree stand and then watch your step. I fell up to my neck last year because I took the wrong step. Oh God! Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's meet it. Yeah, meet at the dock. Get on the boat and get smacked with wind that's cold as hell at five thirty in the morning, and climb up, and you're still cold. And I think the coolest part about hunting the sea deer was I didn't get a shot on one, but just hearing how they called because I went during the rut was incredible. The calls and vocalization that they do—it's just nuts. They sound like mini elk. That's not an elk, but Com- sorry. yeah, it's yeah. They sound like it. And then the funniest part was my buddy was in like the a blind, like 300 yards up and he sends us a video and I'm like, is that like someone's dog? It was a Sika deer. They actually swim through the water with their heads up like dogs would. And this thing jumped off, swam across, got back on land and just kept running. Wow. Tough little bastards. That's cool, man. Yeah. They're called uh swamp ninjas, man. Yeah. They're awesome. Swamp ninjas. Nice. Well, I'm I'm excited to maybe get a turkey. I don't. I oh, hope yeah. that I, I. When do you guys open up? We've been we'd open. We've been open, but our season's cut into six weeks of seven day periods. So you apply okay. for a period and a zone, and once you get that, uh, they do open it up to buying leftover tags for other periods and zones, and you can kind of go at it that way buy extras potentially i don't know if you did it right you might be able to get six tags here i don't know if anybody that's ever done it the most i've ever done is three and that was enough work <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one thing you gotta consider is the amount of work you put in i don't know i i just would be happy to have that calling experience with them even if i don't get one like, just to experience be, them yeah. interacting with decoys and calls and mm-hmm. just watching them do what they do it's it's kind of fun yeah, you got yours you told your story last week. First season, yep. Yeah. I seen people dropping them. 
buddy of mine up in uh, Glenwood City got one. He brought his, his daughter out, and they got one. They've been after it for a couple of years, actually, apparently. Really? That's cool. Yeah, put a nice little YouTube video out of it. I was watching it. I was like, oh, look at you. That's great. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to bring the kids. I think that's a cool one where you can really, like, bring the kids out if you have a blind and you're comfortable. It's a turkey, so you got to worry about keeping your kids, like, quiet and still maybe, but... Seems like a fun Blind would be it. the way to go with kids. Like yeah. You could, you know, have unless them play like, with something. Unless you're like my buddy's kids where they stick their heads out the windows. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so you lock them in with that camo mesh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently he had tried and the, the attempt was futile. They broke through? Damn Velcro. Yeah, they went right through. That's great. Well, Alex, dude, thanks for joining us, man. How do uh, people find your socials and stuff? What uh, Where can they go to follow you for, for more uh, awesome recipes? I want to see food pics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, follow me at uh, at Alex Romano on Instagram, and then I started my own thing uh, right here, uh, BEA Outdoors. Uh, find every also. It cut out right at the punch on what you were saying, which you started. Oh, and then it went back to. Uh, can't even see you guys. Yeah, we're here. We're here. What's uh, that? What's it that you started now? BEA. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It sounds like it did with the, the I guess, tiny voice. Yeah, BEA Outdoors on Instagram. And what does that stand for? Uh, behind Every Arrow Outdoors, because you create a new memory behind every arrow that you, like, out of your bow each year. So it's nice to look back on those. So, you know, kind of something we've been thinking of for a while. Cool. I like it. That's cool. awesome. That is a good point, though, too. Literally, like, once that arrow leaves the, the, the string, it's like... Memories are being made right now. <laughs> like, Hopefully. good, bad, or indifferent. Like, <laughs> shit's going down. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe not the animal you want. <laughs> yeah. No, man, thanks for, for spending time with us on the show and coming back for two or three. I don't know. I'll have to look in the archives and see if it was two or three so we can be correct on that. I thought it was three, but I'm wrong about a lot yeah, of Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It was a great time, and it's always good talking to you guys. Yeah, likewise, Absolutely. buddy. Well, you have a good night, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing more recipes come from you on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Stick in touch, guys, and have a good turkey season, all you guys. And, uh, yeah, you know, reach out anytime. I'll send some recipes your way. Sounds great. Awesome. Right. Thanks, man. Thank you.